Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I have been reading a devotional that hit home in more ways than one and ran to this phone to give you a call. I'm literally going to read you verbatim because I was like, wait a minute, I can't read another five seconds of this without sharing with you. And you know it It had to have sparked some part of my life before for me to go, mm-mm, let me go ahead and just read this real quick. So I'm reading a devotional on, what's this thing titled? It's titled Relationship Goals, and it's on version. And it's a seven-day devotional, and it has all these wonderful things that is connecting to Scripture. And then within the devotional breakdown itself, it's advice given from people who have been married for a really lengthy time frame, which is super just encouraging all things just yay. So I got to day six, and when I read this, I was like, mmm, delicioso. So let's go ahead and eat together. So it's titled single focus and it always tells you in this devotional who it's from so it said from madison single and thriving okay maddie so it says in april of 2018 i decided to be intentionally single for the remainder of the year as someone who wants to get married one day this idea seems scary what if i met the perfect guy but couldn't pursue a relationship because of this commitment I struggled with these thoughts, but after spending time in prayer, I knew this was the right thing for me to do. Over the next several months, God taught me a number of things which I think are true for everyone, regardless of relationship status. So then she went on to give three points. Her first point was that she needed to eliminate distractions. Her second point was that she needed to go to God for satisfaction And then her third point was that she needed to ask God to give her his desires. And one of the things that this devotional ends with is something like reflection or consider. And so it says, are there any deep desires you're trying to satisfy in a person rather than in your relationship with God? Now, let me tell you why that hits home. I think that I think a year before I met my husband, I had this inkling very much like Maddie that I wanted to be single for the year or for a year straight. I was like, bro, I've had a boyfriend since kindergarten, like literally not even LOLing. I have always had someone as far back as I can remember where I had a crush on, I was speaking to, I was flirting with. Like I have always had someone that I was talking to for forever. Now, I wasn't one of them fast girls, but I was very much liking uh, the clay of the man that God made. Okay, great. And so I think this came after like just getting frustrated with the dating scene and just feeling like, man, this, this sucks, bro. Like I'm lowering standards, trying to keep some of my things on my list. I'm just trying to, I'm trying. And I think it came after me not only being frustrated, but being broken over a situation. And I'm just like, okay, God, I'm clearly not doing this the way that you want because I don't think that it's supposed to be this difficult there was this one particular person that I was trying to force to be God's will for my life and God was just like I love you too much to allow you to settle in this particular quicksand I can't let you do it 
you may think that this is a good idea, but again, what do we talk about? There's a huge difference between something being a good idea and a God idea. So I absolutely went on this crusade and I said, okay, you know what? And now again, it started off in frustration and just forget it. Just leave me alone. I don't want to be bothered. I'm just, I'm going to, I did everything but change my number because my children understood and they memorized my phone number. So I just felt like it would be an injustice to them to go ahead and change it. So I was like, okay, I'm done. Just have a nice day, everybody. And so first couple of months, you know, like cold turkey situation, it was like, mm. Because it wasn't, oh, I don't want to date. I don't want to. It's I didn't want to speak to another male, period. No, I don't want to go nowhere. No, I don't want to text you. No, no to the N-O. And I started, if I'm honest with you, that year was probably the most profound year of my life. It was extremely liberating to feel like, wow, I took 12 months to really understand and dissect myself without trying to feel this need to want to impress someone. Because again, I don't care how strong willed and minded you are. When you are in a dating room, you are trying to impress whoever it is that you're trying to impress. And so I think that if it's not contained in a certain way, it starts to look like you are no longer impressing, but you are starting to conform. And I needed to really understand the demarcation between who I am, how far I'm willing to go to impress someone else, and what is the difference between, you know, someone birthing a side of you outside of someone contorting who you are. Like I think I told you before, I was in a situation where this person wanted to party all the time. I mean, day party, brunch. It was just like, how many more? Like, I got sick because it's like, how many more outfits do I need? Bro, I don't have enough. I'm washing clothes faster than we going out. Like, this is exhausting. Like, I can't do it. And so... If you're not careful, that can look like, oh, you know, because I'm an introvert and I'm a homebody, maybe he's bringing out this side of yay to me, but not to the point that it's feeling like I almost want to miss all his calls because I don't want to go out anymore. <laughs> like, I am willing to pick up myself and go, nah, nah, nah. the number you have reached, area code, and like, and make you think that, and you're like, bro, I know that's you. And I'm like, mm mm, it's disconnected. <laughs> She don't want to be a part of you, sir. Yeah, this is too much up and down. I, I'm asleep. 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard. Yep, snores for the, for the whole day, okay? Had a rough night, so we're going to sleep now. That's how it's going to work out. And so it just started to be liberating to understand. I started doing stuff like taking myself out on dates. I heard uh, my pastor's wife when I was in New York, she told me that, and I thought it was the oddest thing in the world. She was like, I take myself out on dates. I go get a magazine. I take myself out to Red Lobster or whatever restaurant I want to go to, and I sit there with just me, and I order. And I was like, really? She was like, yep, I take myself to the movies. I take myself. And to a mind that was very much so focused on no I want somebody to take me I want someone to gift this to me I want I couldn't comprehend that but you know what that was the strongest piece of wisdom that anyone could have given me especially in the early years of developing the core foundations of who you are so I started to just do exactly that just like you would go shopping by yourself uh, yeah I take was taking myself out 
to whatever restaurant and getting dressed up too. If I mean, if I felt like wearing heels that day just to be cute, then I would. If I felt like, okay, but I wasn't bumming it out like, hey, you know, putting like I'm going to go go to the laundry mat or nothing. I was looking presentable, but not presentable enough that I'm looking like, ooh, you know, somebody want to keep her. Like, you know, I'm not trying to do that, but just enough where I want to impress myself. I want to look at the beauty of me. I want to feel like, oh, okay, I'm, I won't expect for anyone to treat me the way that I'm not willing to treat myself so I took myself places um to be honest with you every vacation that I've ever been on outside of this U.S. of A uh outside of my husband I have gone by myself I've taken myself to Hawaii yeah (laughs) pinky promise you I took myself to Puerto Rico was reading all the signs in Spanish, scared to smithereens because she don't speak out of Spanish the way that she wants to, but wanted to experience that by myself. Went to uh, Cancun, Mexico. Went to places that I knew, because here was my thing about vacations. I did not want to build a memory and flash back to a time frame of what should have been excitement and just all things yay and see that I spent that or wasted that experience with someone who was temporary. And so because I know what memories serve for me, like you know how you can look back at a picture and you can remember the exact emotion where you are at in life. You're like, oh, that was a tough time. My hair was breaking out in the middle. Like whatever it was, you can remember relationally all things encompassed on just looking at a picture. I did not want that for a vacation, somewhere that I've never been before and I'm going to have this clash of experience because it'll be half oh I never been and this was exciting but uh I spent this with you and I didn't want to feel like I had to throw away pictures of places that I may have taken I didn't want to do any of that so I made a rule never ever ever going to go on any kind of vacation if it's not my husband I mean, just real talk. I just, I didn't want that kind of experience. It's enough to have to fight the memories of your past experiences and what such and such did and said. And if you hear that song, oh, it brings you back to that such and such. It's enough to already fight on a daily. I didn't want to do that on a coin, not on a flight, not on a tropical situation. Absolutely not. So that was one of the things I was like, no, never, ever, ever. If it's not, if I'm not married uh, husband bound have a nice day I'm not doing it and so within that time frame I really began to appreciate me in a way that I never began to appreciate myself before I knew I had some dope qualities I knew that I was a one-of-a-kind rare gem you know because <laughs> that's what God made her read the Bible it says that I'm God's masterpiece well it says that you're a God's masterpiece, but I have to say I because you know what I'm saying. And so I felt like there was just this awakening, like, wow. And then you start to realize places that you've settled and you start to question yourself on why did you settle there? And you're like, you know what? And so there, it was just almost like this gutting of my soul that was occurring. It was this profound, like, God, oh my gosh, I've been chasing God-like qualities and these temporary people like you I wanted a person that they never ever changed and they stayed consistent and you know they were always there and there was a shoulder to lean on and they were always available and God was like I'm never going to give you someone that takes my place in your life and I didn't get that I think when you're deep rooted in trauma especially in rejection as a, in your childhood I think what happens is you start to want 
people to be sturdier than what they actually are. You want people to be this foundational piece. And God is like the foundation and the security that you're looking for is never going to be found in earth. You're always going to have to find that in me. Because the reality is, is what I was able to observe is God is able to always deliver on his promise. He is a man that shall not lie. He is the ultimate promise keeper. And if you're looking for people to be anything that is always or be anything that is never or be anything else that is this definite, you are always going to be hurt because people are faulted for a reason. Do not have any other gods before me. That's not saying statues and bowing down or what have you. It's anyone else that you gave this first place, secured place in your life before God. That is a God. And so I had to do a whole bunch of rearranging. There were things that he was exposing to me that I didn't know that I was like, wow, I didn't realize. I didn't realize that um, this woman that wanted to be married so bad, me, pointing to me, uh, that I had to brush up on how I loved people. I had a very, 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 because again, deep-rooted in trauma uh, from childhood, I had a very faulty and sensitive uh, hurt button. Like, I did not take hurt like an average person. It wasn't like, oh, it was disappointing. When you start to get to a place that any circumstance that is outside of being favorable or what you intended to be, when it starts to feel like you are crushed, when you start to feel a crushing on something that could be taken a little bit differently, that is the soul's cue of letting you know we need a break. We need a break. Because that was the number one thing that I found within myself. I was like, why is it that I take disappointment so heavily? And it was almost like when the disappointment door was open and Acme Acre came with it. So instead of just feeling some type of way about what just occurred currently, now I'm crying because every time I let somebody in and all the time and I'm bringing in this acne acre of all this other hurt that just came out of the sky. It's like, wait a minute, either I never dealt with that or all disappointments are going to continue to trigger me to another part of my life where there was also trauma to this likelihood. And so it was a tremendous eye opener for me. Now, I wish that I can go ahead and tell you that I came out of the year refreshed and awesome and ready to go and knew what to pick and what not to pick and then met my husband and yay, but I didn't do so well. It was almost like being in a cave for a year in some aspects for the flesh, you see what I'm saying, and coming out and everything looked appetizing. So the first person I got in a situation with, I should have never got into a relationship with because, again, when you are wired a certain way, because I'm wired as a helper, you will find if you're wired the same way that you attract people who need help. Please be careful on the people that you do try to help because let me explain something to you. There is an assignment for the people who God has around you and all those particular things, but you are not supposed to be building a bear, okay? Just wants you to go ahead and just get that for free. So I went ahead and had that situation. It was short-lived. I ain't going to hold you. It was kind of emotional, very irritating because I was like, bro, I did not come out of my year to be dealing with foolishness. And it was just... I was on another level. It was almost like in the spirit, I was 
college bound and I was trying to entertain someone who was in fifth grade. Yeah, you're about to graduate, but even once you do, you still won't be on my level. You'll be in middle school. You see what I'm saying? And so then that was like a, ugh, not doing it. So then I had a little bit of a break because it was like, oh, I should be doing better than that. Then I went ahead and had one more situation by the end of the year, I think kind of, or I gave it some space like, whoa, because I had friends who were keeping me accountable. And they was like, bro, did you really just come out of your year and just waste it on buddy? Like, seriously. And I was like, ah, yeah, I Okay. All right. So let's just go ahead and rebatch. No, I'm not about to do another whole year again, but I think I have enough in me to say, okay, let's roll back. Let's kind of do something different. Came out, had one more situation that was like, yeah, this is clear. Um, again, an extreme form of help. Like now I attracted someone who had an issue with alcoholism. I've never dealt, but God was just clearly like, abort like mm -mm, you this is not where I have you going now someone may be built for that but it wasn't me and so I had to go ahead and gracefully lay that down and then what that started doing is helping me go ahead and erase anyone else that was still kind of lingering and around because what I did within the year is I deleted and blocked everyone that I possibly could what the greatest part of that was that when it was time for me to meet my husband, I didn't have to call a whole bunch of people and say, hey, listen, I'm in a really, hey, I just want to, hey, I didn't have to do the hey.coms. I didn't have to keep doing that because it was already done. And then the people that did kind of come along, the two, three people who did, it was like, a, mm, you're blocked anyway. So that's how that goes. It's a mutual understanding of never talk to me again. But I wanted to point out something that was pretty dope because, you know, I try to go ahead and just in everyday life and just reading these things, try to connect it back to the Bible in some kind of way. And I thought about, I said, when's the time that I've heard, you know, a year being a time frame of a focus? And I had to think about when the angels told Sarah that she was going to have a baby. So in Genesis 18, you know, that I read in the NLT version, you know, the angels came and Abraham was like, quickly, Sarah, let's cook up something for them, this, that, and the third. So when you go to verse um, 8, I want to start there. So it says, when the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat, and he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Nine, where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Ten. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. 11. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So then, you know, pause, you know, that she went on and she laughed and they were like, why'd you laugh? And she was like, I didn't laugh. And then, you know, whatever. We talked about that before. But what I wanted to bring up was the fact that whenever God is in the midst of something, he never leaves something in the same state once he's became present. The fact that they were coming down just to go ahead and go to Sodom and Gomorrah, if you want to read that story, I'm telling you, it's juicy. Go ahead and get you some Bible Genesis. It's, it's a real deal. And so they were going ahead. Abraham and Sarah served them. So they went ahead and they were eating and they were doing all these particular things. But I love that God is God enough to go ahead and while you're serving him, he looks at your situation and he goes, mm, this is where I can produce more for you. And so he looked at Abraham, he looked at Sarah, and he was like, mm, 
you guys don't have anything to pro- that you haven't produced or made or created, co-created as a child. So let me go ahead and let you know. I'm not going to do it right now in this situation because y'all got some stuff y'all need to clear up. So what I'm going to do is in one year, around this time next year, you will have a child. I know the situation looks impossible. I know it looks like, man, you know, the Bible went the extra mile to say they were in a very old age. And then to the point that they were so old that Sarah laughed like, sir, (laughs) I haven't seen my Scooby snacks in years, sir. Okay, you can have a nice day. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't laugh, you know, try to go ahead and do that whole thing. And I just really thought to myself, if God was able to say that in your life, what area of your life would he be saying to you about the year? Like if you could really focus on of, you know what, a year from now, just like we read in a devotional earlier, hers wasn't January one. Woohoo. You know, we, everyone doesn't get that new fresh start. Hers was April. So if you had to really get it in your head and say, okay, a year from now, what could you apply that to? Like a year from now, what if in one whole year you took 12 months and said, I'm going to do nothing but relationship sorting and repairing, meaning the relationships that no longer need to be in my life. They are no longer thriving. We both are not serving one another. I don't even see the point of us even talking anymore. Like now it just seems like I'm just a part of you just to kind of have an ear to the streets. I don't know what it is, but you know what? That relationship needs to simmer and not only simmer, just get it off of the stove completely. And focus on the relationships that you need to be repairing. It's not easy to always go ahead and apologize to someone. It's not easy to always have that tough conversation. But you know what is extremely difficult? Trying to go ahead and have peace with the fact that you missed the opportunity to do so when they were here on earth or when they were able to hear that. Trust me, hand in the air, my right one to be exact, had that situation. What if you just took 12 months to just go ahead and sort relationships out in your life? What if you really took 12 months and studied like you've never studied before in school? I'm talking about you already know without studying, without putting the extra off, you a smooth B minus, B, C ish. You know, you, 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 you passing, you doing what needed to be need to be done. But what if you really went ahead and said, you know what? What if I really applied myself? Like for if no other year, a solid 12 months. What if I, I mean, I know freshman year, but what if you really went the extra mile? What if for 12 months you were intentional about making bold moves of faith? That you applied for stuff that you just knew, woo, this is going to take an act of God. That you went ahead and looked in neighborhoods for houses and stuff that you were like, ooh, I, God, I can only I can only pray. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It just feels good to go ahead and be a part of the subdivision. I just want to smell what they smelling in here. You know, you see what I'm saying? What if you really started to do things to not only help that dream, but kind of aided you toward that? Like really started going ahead and saying, okay, so what is needed for me to go ahead and live that life? And you were intentional about it for 12 months. What if you really budgeted your money? And every Starbucks and fast food, little petty money. What if you really went ahead? Because we talked about budgeting. What if you really did that for like a whole 12 months? Like, listen, you've been handling money the way that you've been handling money your whole life. What if you did something different for just 12 months? Guarantee you, you will have $1,000 by the end of the year. 
Hmm? Want to know how I know? Because it's only, you only need about $85 to get $1,000 by the end of the year. I mean, real talk. You want to do the math real quick? Okay, let me go ahead. Okay, so 1000 divided by 12, 83. Okay, 83.333, so $84. So what's $84 divided by four weeks? Oh, that's $21 a week. $21 a week. Oh, what's $21 by mm, each day? That's $3 a day. I guarantee you, if you were to pull up whatever you swipe or no swiping, whether it's your debit, your credit, or what have you, I guarantee you that you're spending more than $21 a week. Somewhere. Somewhere. You're spending too much on some part of uh, your bills, your electricity somewhere. Guarantee you we can squeeze $84 a month. You see how I'm looking at you? Okay, just want to go ahead and make sure you got that information. Um, what if you really worked out consistently? And I'm not talking about no hardcore, like, I did three hours in the gym. You know, I'm not expecting for you to be, uh, you know, the gymrat.com. We're not looking for that. But what if you really said, okay, I'm going to start walking more intentionally. I'm going to do some kind of cardio. I'm going to hit these sit-ups in the morning and at night. for the, for the I'm just going to at least, even if I only commit to 30 sit-ups, Every morning, every night, I'm going to do it for 12 months, though. Okay, great. Even if I said I'm going to just do hit these 30 squats a day, whatever it is, but I'm going to do it for 12 months. So what if you really committed to the bare minimum? It's just the bare minimum, but the consistency is your issue. What if you did it consistently for 12 months? What if? What if you really started eating what agreed with your body or with your body goals? Oh, because again, you know, you can go ahead and do them sit-ups, but if you're hitting them cinnamon buns, okay, and that lasagna and that pasta the way that you're hitting it, you could just forget about it. You might as well just go ahead and just lay down for 30 minutes because it's the, it's the equivalent. It did nothing but add to you, okay, in a way that you don't want to be added to. What if you really became intentional on the company you keep? That you really started looking at your friends like, okay, bro, all right, evaluation time. I know, I know you don't work for me, but... um. You do work for me because you're in my life. So do you work for me? Huh? Like, do we work for each other? Are we serving one another where we are getting the benefits of being in each other's life? Or are we just another name to a social media platform and another phone number holder in a contacts um, book of your phone that we just no longer need to have it in existence? What if, what if Jesus came down right now? Or sent his angels down right now. And they said, hmm, this is the lack that's in your life. A year from now, it won't be like this. What would you need to do to make sure that um, that came into fruition? Now, unfortunately, Abraham and his wife, they try to go ahead and piece together God's plan. The way that we try to do too, right? Because Sarah just knew. She's like, bro, I can't. I don't, I'm looking down and I, I can't even see my toes anymore. So... Good luck on him finding how to get me pregnant because, uh, yeah, no, put on a little bit of weight. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be great. So she looked at her maidservant and was like, hey, go take Hagar. Y'all do what need to be done. She look like she can, yeah, look like she can go ahead and uh, provide what God said. So let's go ahead and do that. And isn't that just such an injustice? Like, don't we do that? Don't we hear or feel a prompting or God downloads what he's getting ready to do in our lives? And then we try to figure out a clever way that we can make that happen. Like, he didn't ask you to help him. Matter of fact, he gave you a present. It, 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 well, you should take it as a prize that he even looked at you like you were enough to let you know on a, put you on on a God plan. 
He told you, mere human, the God thing that's getting ready to happen in your life. Yeah, that wasn't for you to go ahead and try to figure out ways to make it. Mm -mm. When he gave you that vision of entrepreneurship, he wasn't trying to get you to scurry along and keep trying to figure out ways to get noticed. And he just said, listen, be consistent in what you've been doing and I'm going to add to you. Be consistent in what you've been doing and I'm going to add to you. Someone needs to hear that. I actually repeated that from myself, to be honest, but I'm sure you can serve it and, you know, eat off of that as well. But I wanted to have this conversation because you know what these conversations are about. They are life-provoking conversations. Conversations that sometimes it's kind of hard to, to have, but others that it's like, you know what? I'm glad that we had this conversation because if I'm honest and I zoom back out of my life, I do see that mm, I've been kind of doing the hamster wheel kind of situation and I've been doing nothing real fast. You've been wanting something, but you've been in motion, but the motion hasn't really been fruitful. So I want you to go ahead and really, really, your challenge is zoom out. What could you be doing now that a year from now you would have a completely different result? What is God trying to do in you that if you really gave it focus, God can actually present what it is that he has for you? Maybe him telling Abraham and Sarah that wasn't for her to look at Hagar and be like, you know what? You should have the baby. Maybe it was for them. They had a year to go ahead and prepare. Is this what we want to raise kids, Abraham? I don't really know. You know, do we need to go ahead and childproof the tent? Hmm. Is there some things that you want to go ahead and, you know, can you throw a football with the boy? Do you want to start working on your cardio before this baby comes? Maybe that's why God in real life gives us about, you know, 40 weeks shy, but he gives us, gives us time to prepare for a God thing. It's a big assignment to carry out when God's giving you something, especially a child, especially a ministry, especially anything that he's given you that's your assignment. It's a big deal, and it requires a level of preparation that you just may need a year to do. You may need a year of going to a counselor and a therapist and saying, hey, I need to talk about these childhood things because what I am doing is I am sabotaging all of my relationships and everybody who tries to get close to me. It's like I feel this, this need to just release them because I don't like being that level of close because it triggers me. You may need that. And I'm saying that as clear as I did because I had to do that. Yes, I had to go to somebody and say, listen, the idea of somebody getting that close to my heart is just, I, I don't like it. And praise God that I did. Praise God that I did. I wish I would have been consistent with it, but if I knew what I knew now, you know, I probably would have did it an extremely different way. So that's what this whole conversations are about. It's about, listen, I found some pieces of the fountain of youth and I want you to drink from it. It's Harriet Tubman in the spirit. I ain't even going to hold you. I found freedom in certain areas and I'm coming back and I'm like, yo, you need to come with me. Like real talk. Y'all really don't have no excuses. Um, Get on board. This is where we're going. But I feel like you got what you needed. There was this, a great conversation I pray that this thing stays in your soul and in your mind all throughout your day and your week. And you just like, you know what? Cool. I know that it's not January 1. I know that, you, but you know what? I can do a year from now. And that is how you make a difference in your life. And that's my good, good nanny says, all right. I ain't going to hold you. Later.